Hello and welcome to this week's Grape Culture Podcast, the podcast where three women drink wine and discuss feminist literature and issues. I am Sam. I'm Kim. And I'm Alex. And we hope you enjoy the episode. On this week's episode, we are going to be talking about what part female role models play in feminism. And we're also going to drink some wine. So Kim, Ooh. do you want to tell us about the wine we have this week? I will, yeah. So we have two um, vegan pinks this week. Um, <laughs> I'm going to let Sam talk a little bit about the reason why we picked the first one and then I'll introduce the second one later. Um, but long story short, the reason that we have two vegan pinks this week is um, we struggled a little bit to pair a wine with this topic. And so we decided to pick a couple of wines that we thought were quite... Um, Aspiration. aspirational or that we really really wanted to try just because life's too short yo so <laughs> and it looks fancy and it looks fancy it do look fancy so um sam do you want to explain why you chose this incredibly cool wine which you can see on our Instagram. yes we will post a picture so it's in this very fancy bottle we are drinking the cote de provence um burn burn a burn i think it's burn B B E R N. There's no accent. So. There's no yeah. Bernie, we're drinking a Bernie. Um, <laughs> doesn't mean you should give it an accent. I'll do what I please. <laughs> I am a role model. Um, but yeah, uh, Cote de Provence Rosé. Um, it I chose it because it is this really fucking fancy bottle. Um, it's rosé, and I like rosé, uh, and it's vegan, which was another reason. So the tasting notes on this um, are in French, and then they're in English, helpfully. Which is like, <laughs> oh, I'd like you to read the French one. Don't read the French one. No, that's not. I mean, you know, better than I can. Passion pour vous offrir moment de Grand vin, gourmand. No, we're taking all about. Who are the bonk? Temperature de degustation. Um, <laughs> Je ne pas de stylo. Oh, et la poubelle. Right. So the tasting notes on this fancy, fancy bottle are our wine experts at Vinobi de Berne have blended this rosé with passion to bring you a true experience of Provence. A very fine wine, which is fresh, fresh, crisp, and full of delicious summer fruit flavours, which is nice and non-specific. Um, <laughs> this elegant dry rosé is the perfect partner for aperitifs and light dishes. Uh, and it is, we got it from Waitrose, um, which we get, where we've got all our wine apparently, and it's from France, and it's 700, and, no it's not. This is why Kim does this. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a pregnant lady crossed out. Uh, contains no pregnant ladies. It's um, got a QR is. code. I'm quite intrigued it's by that. QR code, which we'll probably scan and find out what that is in the break. Um, yeah, we should do that. But it does contain sulfites. Oh so... no! This is all information. Not <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to pour it now. It was a tenuous choice, but I'm excited because it looks so fancy and pretty fucking pour. fancy. Pretty fucking fancy, and we will pour. Quite a heavy bottle. I feel like you're getting a workout as you pour. Yeah, you know when people just pour wine and they just have a thumb in the bottom, and that's a big glass. Never mind. Um, We're gonna drink it like that. Like you couldn't do that with this bottle. There's no dimple. It's like a. It looks like an olive oil bottle. It looks like a gin bottle or gin bottle. Yeah. yeah. You can put flowers in it at some point. You could put one flower in it. Fuck it. We're gonna finish it. We're just doing it all in one. (laughs) So guys. Cheers. Cheers. It smells good. It smells like this smells like you and me getting a hangover in the summer. Because it's rosé. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a fully rosé episode. I'm gonna be trashed. It's lady petrol. I'm gonna talk so much. Okay. Good, because I haven't really got a lot to say. Neither do I. But get your rosé, <laughs> and you'll hear every personal secret that I've ever had. Okay. What are we? What are we getting from this? Beast? I like it, it's but it is subtle. I was gonna say flavourless, but subtle is a nicer word. No, it is. It's like yeah, it definitely doesn't have a very strong flavour. I don't think. Mm. I think it's quite floral. Yeah, it is. Quite That's floral. a good point. Good yeah, it's a very. This is tastes like summer. Yeah, subtly floral and summertime drinking. Summertime will go really nicely with some sort of really fresh salad. Mm. Oh yes, mm. with cucumber. <laughs> yes. And uh, what are those slimy grey things? 
Mushrooms? No. Slugs? No. That you find in a salad and they're expensive. Artichokes. artichokes? Artichokes. It would go really nicely with artichokes. Alex of Eaton doesn't know what an artichoke is. I forgot is. what they're called. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would go nicely with some fennel. Yes, Nothing that too. goes nicely with fennel. Oh, fuck off. Fennel's great. No, it's horrible. You're weird. Probably. <laughs> I made a lovely fennel and citrus crab lux. Oh, great. Ago. You can make us that and then buy another bottle of this wine. Okay, cool. I'll do that. Good plan. We are... I think enjoying this for the most part. Mm. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that I will have no trouble consuming this entire bowl of wine. It, yeah, I poured all of it. Would you like me to talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about today? Please do. Cool. <laughs> so we wanted to talk about role models, um, specifically feminist role models um, and female role models, whether we need them, whether we have them, um, whether we have ever had them, what we think constitutes a decent role model our original impetus for this was um there was an event in our town about role models in the arts that we all wanted to go to and then all didn't (laughs) (laughs) for various reasons for various reasons not because we were lazy we've all had a bit of a shit show recently yeah we have i'll be honest i didn't go because i was lazy but no we went because we were being our own role models listening to our bodies and having a night in that's true we did do that that is what alex and i agreed when everyone else bailed mm-hmm. um true fact so but it it did spark a conversation with us about um who who we look up to or have looked up to in the past and i particularly was talking about um how we got started in feminism so kind of like feminist feminist origin stories. And I think a lot of people find their way to feminism through a strong woman. Um, mm. And that's really where we started this conversation. We've got a few questions, but we're just going to be a bit loose, chat guys. shit, a bit basically, loose, guys. Loose, Have fun. Be free. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much where we are. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's a good place to start. So what... What does role model mean to you? What does that term evoke? I think there are two things for me. It's either someone that you look up to and aspire to be like, Mm -hmm. or someone that you literally follow everything that they do. Like you, you use their, their career or their actions as a template for your own. Yeah. And I, I think those are two different things and I don't know I've, I have feelings on which is which is the correct way and which is the way that it's sometimes used but what about you guys what do you think um I think I have a problem with the term role model probably for the reasons you just said um and I think we can talk about it a little bit later but I think um aspiring to be like someone else is Mm. problematic Mm. um i think you can admire qualities in people um and so people sometimes use the term role model is um you know i i really enjoy what they say about this and and their books or or something like that but role model almost encompasses every single quality of a person and i don't think you should aspire to be someone you're not even if you admire qualities within them okay interesting I think of the Paul Rudd and um, I knew you were going to that. <laughs> um, whatever his name is, Stifler, that film. Um, no, I don't. But the film role models. The film role models. Yeah. <laughs> have you actually seen that? Yeah, of course I have. I've never seen it. I have two oh copies God. in my house. Whispering Eye. <laughs> Just yeah. it, it's 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 as trashy as you expect a Paul Rudd film to be. It belongs in that family of comedies that I. Don't, don't find watch, funny. Like Anchorman, yeah. American Pie. Yeah. Hangover films. Hangover. The Hangover is one of those films. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that aside, yeah, to me the word role model means um, someone that you aspire to be like um, because of the word model, because it gives an, like, it gives an expectation that you're going to model your behaviour on how mm-hmm. they are. Um, and I agree with you, Alex. I think that for anyone to aspire to be someone else or exactly is problematic yeah and i think that's kind of that's kind of what i meant with like the second side of yeah. it is yeah. i think that's problematic i i don't agree with it when you dictate all your actions to be like someone else you're not being true but i also on the flip side think that being inspired by someone mm. 
as a role model is different um and the the problematic side of of trying to model your actions by someone else is you know people are fallible and people fuck up um in the news at the moment there's quite a lot about uh jk rowling who i think many people have considered a role model and now she's just wedging in um potter law retcons as and when she feels like it and she's she's doing damage to her legacy what's this i don't know anything about this so there's so you know as so jk rowling has a tendency to just sort of announce bits of potter canon on twitter yeah um like the first thing she did was when she said like Dumbledore was gay. That was something that came out after. The oh, books. it came from her. I thought yeah, it came no. from fans. Oh no, no, no! It's a, it's a oh. fact from her. And then one of the latest things is that she's um, gone on record saying that um, Dumbledore and Grindelwald had an intense sexual relationship, and it sparked this whole load of memes um, of people being like, <laughs> like nobody, and then J.K. Rowling pops up being like. The sorting hat eats us. <laughs> yeah. And it's also that in the conversation, in the statement where she said all this, she used the phrasing, um, whether people are straight or gay or whatever. Great. I think it was whatever label, but everyone's stopping at whatever. Um, so that's, that's yeah, not great. Anyway, hmm. my point is that, you know, people fuck up and people are not perfect. And to model all your behaviour over on someone's actions like that is really dangerous and damaging but to be inspired by someone for the positive changes that they have made that you sympathize with yeah is different yeah. and mm. that's that's the other side of a role model that i do recognize as being positive to me the things the two different the, the two kind of aspects you're talking about is a hero and a role model, like a role model to me is, is someone you model yourself on. A hero is someone that you just look up to and are like, I like Yes, that well done. Well what done about you. the word mentor though? No, because that implies a personal connection. And mm. I think people can have a hero that they don't know. Because I don't think... Because mentor is like... I don't one. I don't fully agree <laughs> with, with that. Like with hero versus no? role model. Um, only because, I mean, I would, but <laughs> there's just a lot of glassware around. Um... <laughs> I think that you can be inspired by someone and not classify them as a hero. Like, I think that okay, yeah. I I would classify as an example, and I use her as an example a lot because I love her, but as an example, Taylor Swift is considered for our role model for many, many, many young girls. Okay. <laughs> um, but I don't think... And I myself, I do not consider her a role model. I, I I can see how she is one. She's not my personal role model, but I can see how she could have been when I was younger. And I also can see how I'm inspired by some of the work that she does. But I do not consider her my hero. I I, I don't I don't okay, think anyone yeah, considers yeah, her a hero. Okay, I think people consider her inspirational. I think people consider her. I think powerful. I, I don't. I don't really think the word hero is ever used around her, even by positive diehard fans or heroine. <laughs> I, 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 do I think both words um, imply everything they encompass, like every single aspect of them. Whereas I suppose um, in a loose term, sometimes, sometimes people say, oh, they're my role model because of this. They're not saying they just encompass everything um that i want to be mm. and i suppose the definition of role model is that and now in a modern world it's been taken in a different kind of way mm. and they're just saying they're my role model because they did they did this for young girls or they stood up for what they believed in um and so really if you're defining it you're just saying okay well you admire that aspect about their personality and who they are okay yeah that's true it's interesting. I just decided to look up the dictionary definition of role model from the Oxford Dictionary of English. A person looked up to by others as an example to be imitated. So it is a copy thing. Yeah. So it is a copy thing, which I think is interesting because it's definitely not necessarily how I view the or phrase. Or how a lot of people probably view it. And that's mm. why I like talking yeah. about Taylor Swift and stuff is because people admire aspects of her mm. personality. But or actions. Or like it doesn't necessarily mean you want to be her and... Mm your whole self to represent her yeah. yeah so we 
we're not entirely sold on the idea of, of, of role model as a term in terms of people to be imitated. Um, but is there anyone who... So when, when we first discussed this podcast, obviously we started thinking about who our role models would be or if we had any. Do Is there anyone that you look up to and aim, aim to emulate in any kind of way, even if you're not like, I need to live her exact life and have plastic surgery to look like her? <laughs> like, is there anyone that you want to... To anyone that inspires you, I mean, there in are plenty of people of, that in, in inspire that kind me. Of way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that there are people that I I take aspects of the way that they work or um, live their lives that I I find inspiring. I don't I don't know if I would go so far as to call them role models. Um, there is the host of one of the Book Riot podcasts, Rebecca Shinsky, who I. I find her very inspiring because she's not afraid to be sassy, but she lives her life and does good and sees the good in people and sees, you know, she, she finds the time to do all the things that make her happy. She seeks out, she seeks to be political. She seeks out information. She seeks out knowledge. She seeks to do good in the world. She seeks out puppies. She seeks out nature walks. She reads a lot, obviously. She does a lot and she does it well. And so she does all the podcasts and she constantly has new ideas and she's expanding her creativity. And I I find her very inspiring. That's like my first thought of people that I find inspiring is probably Rebecca Shinsky. So if you're listening, I love you. Um, <laughs> but other than that, like, I mean, I'm sure I could think of other people at a stretch. I've always said that I'm very inspired by my mum who came to England, left her entire family, you know, speaks two languages, has worked very hard to be respected as a person in our village and is is so and has made a real life for herself, despite the fact that she often feels insecure because of a lack of education and a lack of um, social history in England. Mm-hmm. And people like that, so but i don't know i don't know how much i would say that they are role models what about you um who did you think of when we started talking about this i struggled with this because i was i was on a podcast um for a work thing i was being interviewed and they asked me a similar question because i was being interviewed about the work i did on youtube and they were like um who is your which presenters do you aim to be like? Which who are your role models? And I was like, at the time, at the time, a tricky, like question, really. Because I just I went, we well, don't, I don't aim to be anyone. I aim yeah. to be me, mm. um, admittedly in a more professional capacity. But at the time, I was like, well, I I feel really arrogant because I'm I don't I'm not trying to be anyone else. I'm just I'm just being me. And then I was thinking about it, and I was like, I don't know. The word role model makes, as we said, is not is not a word that I think we agree with necessarily in those terms. Um, and as I've mentioned before, I'm a jealous bitch with a chip on my shoulder. So if I see someone doing well, I'm like, fuck you. So it's really hard for me to... <laughs> no, you got to do the voice. Which one? Right. Why, I think you're better than me. That one. <laughs> oh, I enjoy that voice. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be coming out from time to time. But I, I do find it hard when I see someone succeeding in something I want to do because I'm like, well, fuck you. Um, so that, that makes it hard for me to find someone I want to copy because I feel like they've already done it and they've already done it better and then what I do isn't going to match that so that's kind of my own issue with copying anyone else and I'm like well no one else is being me I've got to do what I've got to do there are people that do I do, ad- I do admire do, yeah. what they've done like there are people that I, I respect what they've done and especially in the world of comedy and yeah comedy yeah well we talked about like Sarah Pascoe Sarah Pascoe, Tina Fey. Yeah, Tina We've Fey. talked about how much I love Mae West because she was ballsy and funny and sexy. Um, and those are the kind of women that I'm like, yeah, you go, girl. <laughs> but no, I, I just don't think I have a role model, personally. Alex, what about you? No, I think I equally struggled with this because I feel totally the same. I think um, the thing I also struggled with is the fact that I work with young people and teenagers Mm. and I was like, okay, well, I don't think people should have role models because then you're trying to model yourself on someone else and blah, blah, and all the reasons we just spoke about. But then also I thought, 
is it important for young people who are still trying to find themselves and who they are, is it important for them to have role models or have people they admire and respect? And surely... Like a touchstone for... Yeah, like, and surely it's important for those people to be in the public eye that we think are doing good and and for those role models not to just be Kim Kardashian or or fitness models that they find on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as much as the term I struggle with and I don't physically, like I talk about, I have like professional crushes Mm. of people that I work with or or see within the field and I'm like... I've got such a work crush on you because I'd love to embody everything you do in work. Um, And then like people like my friends and stuff, I'm like, wow, I really admire that quality about you. And they say that you're only friends with people that you admire certain qualities about them and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, try to emulate that, that quality. But actually I do think it's important for young women, young boys as well, to have strong, some someone that represents them and who they are in the public eye and and people that are doing good mm. and so actually i do think it's quite important for young I, people representation uh, yeah it? representation and that's, that what that's kind of what goes back to like the fact that you can be inspired by someone without necessarily calling them a role model yeah and i think maybe it's the term role model that's outdated not not yeah. the concept of having someone to yeah. look up to i remember reading the um reading i i guess reading is the wrong phrase but like it was like a meme or whatever when um <laughs> no reading here for my daily meme reading. <laughs> um, it was when the the all female ghostbusters was released oh yeah and there was a little girl that was crying when she met Kristen wig because she was like like she was looking at her like Meghan Markle looked at Prince Harry it was like absolute adoration Mm. and it was like this is why representation is so important because this this person this child is looking at this woman not as an actress she's looking at her as a female scientist because that's what she plays in Ghostbusters she plays a physicist Uh, yeah of course and um and I think you know I think it is important to have female or you know and in the same way, I think it's important to have uh, people of colour in these roles that are aspirational and inspirational. And, and sometimes public facing as well, because like, otherwise sometimes, you know, we're fortunate that we're in the everyday world. Mm-hmm. So we can get to meet these people that we're like, wow, like you're an amazing person. Whereas children, like they can respect their teachers, I hope, and, you know, aspire to be like them and their parents and their family friends. But like... You know, apart from films and literature, where else are you going to find these people? YouTube. YouTube, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I forgot. We're in a modern world. But that's the YouTube thing and, like, talking about that. And we mentioned Kim Kardashian, obviously, because she is such a massive figure when it comes to... Mm. I mean, she's inspired. And makeup now is just Kim Kardashian's makeup. Like, you go on Instagram, everybody has the same face. Everyone is doing the same makeup. Yeah, it's quite scary. Yeah, it's weird. It's like clones everywhere. But... What's interesting about that is that companies are now using, or, or the the idea of influencer marketing and the idea of um, using figures to sell products because they are because um, uh, they're a role model or aspirational because they're, because they're selling yeah. them as aspirational role model. It's now so that side of it is so artificial now because it's it's something that's created by companies. It's something that's endorsed by financially, and it's. I think the idea of role model has been warped by that slightly as well mm. because there is this this imitation. Um... It's like the term iconic. Yeah, oh, fuck off. Yeah, the term iconic just gets so thrown true. around. And you're like, right, not everything is an icon. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is an icon. Having great eyebrows doesn't make you an icon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bite me. Mm. <laughs> On fleek. On fleek. Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this would be a great segue into the next question I have for you, but first I want to know how everyone is finding the wine, so I'm just going to ruin my own segue. I've drunk this really quickly. <laughs> Are you nearly finished? Yeah. I, I also have drunk it really quickly. Look at my, look at my globe. Your globe, your globe runneth low. Yes. Low. Um, it's... I actually feel like this becomes less subtle with, you know how usually... Because your mouth gets the Saturated. Yeah, I feel like it's become more potent as we've been drinking, whereas usually it's the other way around. It's got warmer. Ah, maybe I'll have a little ice cube. You may. That you've very beautifully put on the table. 
Just oh. loose on the table. Just loose on the table. Oh, I mean, this is like an iceberg I'm about to put in my... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've often found that rosé gets more flavoursome the warmer it is. And then it gets to that well, point where it's too warm and you're like... Serving temperature is 10 to 12 degrees. Oh, interesting. Was that next to the pregnant lady? Huh? Was that next to the pregnant lady with the arrow for it? (laughs) No, pregnant people. Cross. Cross, that's it. (laughs) Not like shoot a pregnant lady with a bow and arrow. Don't do that. (laughs) So yeah, so I'm finding the wine mm, very drinkable. I'm I'm curious, how much did you pay for this? I paid £12.50. Right. Which... Considering the brand, I think I think most of that was on the bottle because it is a hefty bottle. Yeah, because um, the wine itself isn't a twelve pound fifty from a supermarket bottle, but it's also not a six pound bottle. No, no, I'd, I'd pay twelve pounds at I a mean, summer probably, barbecue. Well, that's the thing, a barbecue, like, because also if you turn up to a barbecue with like, that, see, people will be like, "You're a, pretty fucking fancy." From a supermarket, though, would like, yeah. yeah, from a supermarket, it's a little bit much, but then again, this is as drinkable if not more than the top topper end of topper end. um the local establishment's rosé selection of two wines all things considered we're quite enjoying the wine how do we feel like it's pairing with the conversation um, is it i don't feel it's as divisive well we're not, it's not even divisive because the topic we all kind of agree is mm. The term role model, none of us are sold on as a, as a concept. Yeah, so um, I suppose that what we're talking about is the, the it being troublesome and problematic, whereas I don't feel like this wine is problematic. I feel like this is very easy. Very easy. Yes, yeah. this is an easy wine. This wine is conversation fuel. Easy yeah. like a Sunday morning. It's making Alex sing. Yeah. So I apologise yeah. to everybody for buying it. <laughs> I you may want to thank enjoy me. It. So we're going to take a short break and when we come back we're going to talk about what makes a good role model, a bad role model and also whether we think feminism needs them. Uh, So we'll be back in a minute. So we're back. Um, I'm going to open our second bottle of wine. We all really enjoyed the first one and it's gone. It's gone. gone. So our second bottle of wine is another rosé. It's called Le Grand Ballon um, by the Thierry Giloni vineyard, winery. I don't know. It's a Torre Rosé from the Loire, Loire Valley. Um, and Ooh. again, the same reason as before, really. Um, I didn't have a specific reason for choosing this one, except that I bought it a while ago and really wanted to try it. There was a very tenuous link to um, some pioneers of balloon flight who had like basically a sort of girl war Christina Britney kind of thing in the in the 1850s. Girl war. Yeah, in the 1850s. A girl war. Um, but I can't um, remember their names. So, the girl uh, war of 98 to 2003. I remember it well. I mean, you do though, don't yeah, you? I do, yeah. Um, so I'm just going to read the notes. This Torrent Rosé is made from Gamay Cabernet Franc and Malbec grapes by Thierry Delorny in the Loire Valley. My fave. It has a salmon pink colour and delivers delicious... Delicious? <laughs> delicious. I told you rosé gets me fucked and we've already had a bottle. <laughs> delivers delicious <laughs> nuances of red fruits and spring flowers. Also vague. This wine is fresh and round on the palate. Round? round? What does that mean? Mm. Tastes like shapes. <laughs> it's round like a balloon. Ballon! Ballon! <laughs> Um, round on the palate and can be enjoyed at any time of the year basically it's fancy plonk fancy plonko fancy plonk well crack it open Kimberly Um, and again I want to taste the round taste the round taste the rambo (laughs) taste the rambo (laughs) don't text rambo you don't know where he's been it will be very salty I imagine yeah probably salty AF Cheers! 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 Ballon. <laughs> oh, this guy fruity. Whew. Oh shit! It's like um, it's like a strawberry ice pop. It's like a strawberry bootlace. It's like round. It's super round. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to try it from this particularly round glass? <laughs> oh, I love oh a spherical wine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it does taste like strawberry. Strawberry red apples, fruit. Strawberries are red fruit. Strawberries are so fucking vague. Like at one end of that spectrum, you've got strawberries. At the other end, you've got red currants and bloody cranberries. But like, bloody cranberries. Bloody cranberries. Or blood orange. The bloody cranberry it's fucking is fucking red. The bloody cranberry is an Angela Carter cookbook. It's not. It should be. <laughs> it should be though. So yeah, hella fruity. Hella mm. fruity. Um, it's got a lot more flavour than the last one. Definitely. It's sweet. It's kind of like strawberry ribena. I'm sticking mm. with the strawberry bootlegs. Yeah, strawberry bootlegs yeah. and strawberry pops. Basically, strawberries is what so we're getting here. No, what we're getting is synthetic artificial strawberries. Yeah, synthetic. Or like um, like a slush puppy. Like a strawberry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is like puppy. the ice yeah. 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 I forgot to mention, this is, of course, vegan. Yes. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad you told me that. Alex wouldn't be drinking it if it wasn't <laughs> vegan. So, now that we have got our glasses topped up with this super fruity wine which is quite um entry level rosé like it's the kind of rosé you drink when you start drinking wine am i wrong it's a bit blossom Uh, hill maybe yeah it's a bit bit jack rabbit yeah oh it's not that bad oh i think actually jack rabbit's maybe a little bit uh jack rabbit was like undiluted squash i have a very fond memory of drinking jack rabbit and i say memory I have a very fond blackout. That I have a very fond blackout of drinking yeah. Jack Rabbit. So just before the break, um, Alex, you were talking about how you work with young people and it's important for young people to have someone to look up to and maybe role models, air quotes, mm-hmm. um, are more important to young people. And that kind of got me thinking about, again, what I wanted to talk about originally, um, or at least a little bit. Our um, feminist origin stories, like... Did you have someone or a, a a public figure or a TV character or something that you felt sort of launched how you wanted to be a woman, how you felt like a strong woman, how you approached feminism or any anything like a like feminist that? coming out story? Yeah, I yeah or a, yeah, a feminist awaking or a feminist um, feminist Sherpa, <laughs> feminist Sherpa who guided you up the mountain of feminism rather yes. than. Or anything, yeah. any any uh, person that you feel like you may have modelled some of your behaviours on as a child or young teen or older teen. I, do you know what? I don't think I... Like, it's very recent that I've used the word feminist to describe myself because I just... I don't like labels. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just... I was aware that I liked being a woman who spoke back and a woman who didn't take shit um mm. but you didn't necessarily use the word i, I didn't use the word feminist and i think there are women in my life who have made me feel like it's okay to be that way and i think a lot of them were fictional actually okay. so talk about those then because i i kind of feel the same way like i don't think same as you i don't I mean, we've talked about it before i didn't use the word feminist for a long time but i definitely can see that there are women in my history that i have modelled myself after or at least found comfort in their actions um so why don't you talk about some of yours um it's it's hard to pinpoint them i think because i just remember having like i've read a lot as a kid um because i was poor and i only had the library so i did read a (laughs) lot of stuff i one person i remember again wouldn't call them a role model i just remember being like oh this character um i used to love mallory towers books Um, bitch i love st Clair's. we are gonna fight (laughs) this is why you get on better with my sister than me oh was she more mallory towers Uh uh-huh um but the main character in that um is george is that no it's her i've I've forgotten her name i mean i I assume her name was mallory yeah no No, i was more like enid blyton than um mallory towers was enid blyton what what was it? Both were oh, I Blyton. was. Oh, okay. So I read back to St. Clair's. So I didn't. Oh, you I didn't. Yeah. You Sinclair. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, the, the the main character in that I liked because she was outspoken and she was, um, she was always brave and helping her friends and she did screw things up from time to time and she wasn't always this perfect character and I think to talk about Enid Blyton a lot of people think she's quite twee uh, in the same way that people think that Jane Austen is quite twee I think or can be mm. I know you're I know I'm, you're biting I'm, your tongue I'm nodding because um, Jane Austen and Enid Blyton are like two of my great loves so yeah. I'm, I'm just yeah. trying to not railroad your conversation yeah but that was I remember that character being like quite influential for me when I was a kid um, when I got older Tomb Raider games Lara Croft 
fucking love Lara Croft. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was just awesome. And I remember whenever I'd play Mario Kart or a Mario game, I'd be like, fuck you, Peach. I'm playing as um, mm. Daisy or as one of the other... Oh, or like Tekken. I Tekken, always played yeah. the Japanese cheerleader lady. Yeah. Because she was <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. She was so much better than the I always played the man with the, with the le- leopard head. Oh, I didn't like him. Mm. No, Japanese cheerleader. <laughs> Done. Japanese cheerleader. Save the world. Um, so, and, and there were also various characters from... I, I loved a side character in Disney. Like mm. One of my favourite Disney heroines is Esmeralda from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Because she's... She's, she's not, fucking great, though. She's fucking... Yeah. And um, Meg in Hercules. Um, Hercules. And this kind of... Pa- Holy cow! This parody of the damsel in distress was always the person that I liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and gave me that sense of... Like, took it and then self. was like, fuck you! Yeah, Mulan. Um, yeah. I was never like... Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty or that kind of thing. No, I found them a bit too wishy-washy. Um, yeah, so that's that's quite interesting. Now, you just said the word wishy-washy, so I feel like you feel the same way as Sam. So you guys both just said something there that um, I, I take an opposite side to, although I don't want to say that I take umbrage with. But I... I love Disney, as we've already established, and I love all the people that you just said. I was more St. Clair's, but that... I don't think that really reflects too much on what I'm about to say but I'm a big fan of Enid Blyton and um, I'm a big fan of characters who are quietly strong and I took a lot of inspiration from those characters and you know following the Enid Blyton track I found Anne off of the Famous Five as inspirational as George from the Famous Five. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you have to be swashbuckling or um swashbuckling yeah please explain what you mean by this like a woman that swings in on a on a rope to with a sword to save a man yeah you don't have to be you don't have to be adventurous you don't have to be a warrior to be to be a powerful or strong Hmm. or inspirational woman and that was always the attitude that i took because um i think when i was growing up my sister was quite a tomboy and I tried to be a tomboy, but I was not, and I never have been, and that's just a fact. And I like, I have always identified with characters who, they weren't any less willing to get stuck in, to do things, and to solve problems, and to um, be brave, but their bravery was very different. So yeah. Anne, in Famous Five, you know, this is sort of the earliest example that I can think of, she she was still there on the adventures, but that wasn't what she wanted to do. She didn't want to go out and find criminals. She wanted to have fun with her cousins and her brothers. And she liked making house and she liked cooking for people. She liked making sure that everyone was safe. She liked going on bike rides and reading and and long walks and all that sort of stuff. That was what she liked. She didn't enjoy getting into trouble, which is what George was always out for george was always out for the adventure i hope we find a criminal i hope we do this i hope we do that i hope we have an adventure this summer and i always found Anne quite inspiring because of that because she knew she knew what she liked and she knew what she was good at and it didn't stop her from doing things it just she was just clear about what she liked to do so she didn't it didn't mean that she ran away from danger she didn't just you know pussyfoot around or whatever but she she knew what she was good at and her strengths more than one time saved the day like the fact that she Mm. had thought to bring something had saved the day she was the earliest example of that um and then later on as i grew up um the novels of jane austen came into play mansfield park is one of my favorite books and i read it every year and i think that fanny price is often maligned because she's the same kind of thing everyone calls her soporific um simple just generally she's just a bit wet um but i think that she she has she remains true to what she truly believes and she finds that strength within herself um to stand up for what she believes is right even against the pressure of other people and i found all of those those kind of characters very very inspirational and i've had this conversation with a lot of people a lot in the last few years because of the popularity of game of thrones and um how i will defend sansa stark to the death but i defended sansa stark before it's cool before (laughs) 
before the TV show went off book, um, and Sansa Stark started becoming like super badass. So like, like when she was uh like with like manipulated by Joffrey. When, yeah, when stuff, she was yeah. with Joffrey and all that sort of stuff, I was still on her side because her strength there and the strength that she portrays, I think is incredible and it's not something that everyone has she was never going to be Arya she was never going to be a warrior she didn't like it and there was nothing wrong with that she liked dresses she wanted to get married and up until the point that it all went to shit she thought that she had it right and she thought that she was doing right but by learning to be a lady by learning all the skills that she she knew she possessed she carried herself well she was polite to a fault she knew how to play court members she survived in that court of Joffrey where Arya would have been killed after like a week. Yeah. And in the same way that if you put Sansa in Arya's shoes, she at that age, at that she time, died. she would yeah, have she also would have died. died. People have different strengths. And I think that I have said it before with relation to my job and the kind of the kind of work that I do. I I like being a person that does better behind the scenes, um, except for the fact that I have a podcast. But I think that there is nothing you don't have to be a warrior you don't have to be against marriage and babies you don't have to be going in guns blazing to be a strong and inspirational character so they were my inspirations my role models because they were true to what they 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 actually meant and i think the for me the best sort of contrast to that is when i was a super emo teenager i wanted to love hayley williams <laughs> off of Paramore. I wanted to be so inspired by how, like, you know, brash and fuck the world oh, and everything was she Armstrong. was. Armstrong. Like, that was... But yeah, no, but I yeah, wasn't like, that I wanted either. to be, I wanted to be super cool and punk, but I'm not. I'm just not. I am super cool and reserved and... Yeah, you don't have... Traditional in many ways. But I think you've hit the nail on the head and, like, almost brought it back round to what we were talking about in the beginning was the fact that, you know, there needs to be representation of every single person so that they can seek out these qualities and go, wow, like, that's a bit like me. And I really admire that. And maybe I can try and do as good as that or or, or further myself in a way that is truly myself, but also I can see myself in the public eye or I can see myself as a literary character Mm. or on TV or whatever it might be. And so I think it is great that we live in a world where Sansa Stark exists or these even these characters, like Ina Blyton characters, exist because young girls or boys can read them and then go, or see them, and go, well, actually, I don't need to be that brash, ballsy person to be a strong, independent person or woman. Actually, I can just be myself and embrace that and still win and still survive. You can still be a strong and independent person, whether you're going in guns blazing, telling people what the fuck you think of them, or just saying no when yeah. you believe that you should say no, which yeah. I think is really important. Yeah. Just before we get on to your feminist awakening or role model, Alex, if you have anything, <laughs> potentially not, I just wanted to talk very, very quickly about Game of Thrones, because it's a, it's a show that is praised for its strong female characters it's a word that gets thrown around a lot about that show yeah okay um who which of the female characters in that show do you feel is would be your role model who would would it be sansa for you i don't think any of them are good role no? models like i love sansa Stark. also to to clarify i've not watched the show since um the ramsey sansa Stark incident okay Right. pretty much that season i stopped watching it i will probably watch it at some point but it yeah. it really just i it wasn't what i needed in my headspace yeah. um but i don't necessarily think that any of the characters are particularly good role models because but in this all oh, they need to be perfect way um from what i understand i mean sansa stark is probably arguably still my number one because i think that she adapts the most she saves the day and is willing to give up when it's the best thing for herself mainly though back of the bastards she saves the day the only reason they all survive is because of what she did behind john's back 
Yeah, okay, that is I mean, true. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I, I suppose she's quite, she's driven by herself a lot for a lot of the, like, novels and yeah. and uh, TV. I don't um, know, though. I, I don't, I don't fully agree with that. I, I think that she... She's driven by survival. She's driven by survival. Yeah, of course, which is, you know, inherently about yourself. But, and also like, honour. Like, a lot of what she does in the books, uh, I think about, I think about, like, what she did in the books, she's not it's not necessarily for herself a lot of the time it's what she thinks is right and she has a skewed Mm. opinion of that so for example with the whole i mean one of the biggest criticisms that she gets is the whole uh nymeria thing um and lady and everything and she's like she's 12 she's 12 but there's there's aspects where a lot of what she does is she thinks that she's doing the right thing and i think about when she stood up in small ways that she did it partially out of a loyalty to her family and also a slight ignorance of things of the way of the world but she always she was always trying to do what she thought was right i don't know about the tv show like i say i i haven't followed it as much but even so in the in the last thing that's actually written about her um the preview of winds of winter where she's dance she's dancing at a ball and she believes that Littlefinger is going to help her be married and that that's all she wants and she wants to be safe because at this point as far as she's concerned everyone's dead yeah everyone is dead and the only thing that she can think of is i will marry this person i will be i will live in a far off realm and i will be safe and whatever benefit this good does to the realm i don't care because I was specific. And I appreciate that as well, because after a certain amount of time, I mean, she's still only, what, like, a teenage. She's a teenager in most of it. I just... I think we can talk about Game of Thrones we women could. for a long, long time. Oh, yeah, I was just basically but what did, for a one-worder. What, well, yeah, sorry. What, uh, what was your was one-worder? Elena Terrell. Oh, yes. She is badass. I love her. Who is Marjorie's grandmother? Yeah, she's cool. I like her. I like her. I I don't think she's a good role model. I think she's fucking great because she's like, and what? She yeah. She's just like, guys, give it to me straight. You'll mess with my family. I'm gonna kill you. She's the most modern. She's Mm. the most modern in terms of like the rest of them are obviously clouded by uh, the the throne and like all this stuff. Whereas she's just like, mate, care about my family, don't give a shit, whatever. And so she is the most modern talking and thinking. But is that from a position of privilege? She's very rich. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, but a lot of them are very rich, so Cersei. I know, but they're rich and protected. So they can they can be a bit more and what. Like, some people have to play a long game. That's true. That's true. I will say, and I know a lot of people will always say Daenerys, but... And I'm only going by sound right now. But the most times I have throughout the whole Game of Thrones episodes and books gone, oh, yeah, has been over Danny. <laughs> I, I don't like her. I don't like uh, her. That's fair. When, when I I've been like, it. oh, yes, that's so good. Well done. I'm not super cool with general mass murder. <laughs> but she... No. They're, uh, Anyway, separate conversation. But again, this separate conversation. This is what we're saying: is that there's this, um, the idea of a role model, the idea of a strong woman, the idea, whatever. It comes from different places and it comes in different ways. And you can pick it it up to to what you relate to and what you connect to. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. For me, I like old women who tell Charles Dance to go fuck themselves. Go fuck himself. (laughs) And I like really (laughs) beautiful women with dragons who who kick ass of like surviving and driven by honour. Stupid men. Yeah. (laughs) Like that is literally you like women who are just like fucking flame everything. Ah Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. Honor. I feel like we've learned about ourselves. Honor (laughs) flaming tits. (laughs) Flaming dragon tits (laughs) That is literally it. Right. So, yes. before we move on, how is everyone finding the wine that we have drunk a lot more than you will have thought we have? Listeners? I mean, I've nearly been in. Like, I think I I left myself to last on the top up and so didn't do it justice. But I also feel very merry. That's yeah. nice. So you, you judge how good a wine is by how drunk you get, though, don't you? Mm. I enjoy shopping. the taste. 
but it also not how drunk I get, how but it makes you how, feel. how how happy it makes me feel. I think that's important. Just mm. It's made me feel happy. It's in terms of pairing with the topic. Um, no, I just no, I don't think it's right. No, um, it but it. it's it's a nice wine. I preferred the other one. I'll be honest. I prefer the other one. Sweet. I think this one is getting tasting cheaper with every sip. Mm. And I don't think that that's the wine's fault necessarily because I rose. think it was cheaper also. Well, yes, almost certainly. Um, I it's fine. Again, this is. This is a second bottle. It's a, it's a very much a second bottle wine. You ordered a fancy one first, and then you're like, oh, I'll have a house. And it's a perfectly good house. If they served me this anywhere, I'd be perfectly happy with it. But it's um, it's really all about the label. All about that label. So obviously we've talked quite a lot about uh, role models, who our role models are, whether we think um, it's a term that needs more distinction or changing slightly in the modern age. But... When you think of a role model, what do you think makes a good role model? And is there like maybe three things that you think make a good role model? Conviction. Mm-hmm. So they have to be a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> they need at least three strikes on the record. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I'm just not interested. No, I mean, um, yeah, belief in yeah. in what you're standing for. You, I, everyone learns and everyone can be corrected, and I I respect people that can be corrected, but. I think that you can't flinch at the first sign of criticism. You have to address the criticism, evaluate it, and then yeah. truly weigh it, not just be like, I am sorry that you hurt, your, your feelings were hurt. So conviction, belief in what you're standing up for. That's number one. Someone else go. Alex. I was going to say my three at the same time. Go for it if you want. Um, because I don't think they necessarily need too much description. Um, I think they need to be brave. Mm-hmm. I think they need to be truly themselves, so truth. Um, and I think they need to be kind. Okay. I think they need to be supportive to not just people within their cause or their industry, but to everybody. But I second that. Yeah. Um, intersectional. Intersectional and. To, not seek to pull other people down but to build other people yeah, up which would be kind which would be kind but see i would refer to that, that i would I refer to that as honorable i mean i've already mentioned honor oh see i think kind is such a it's a it's a broad, it's a broad, word. broad word yeah um i think they need to yeah they need to have integrity they need to be true to themselves and that doesn't necessarily mean they need to be perfect it means that they need to be aware of themselves enough to know when they fucked up and yeah, o- o- open to honest. yeah. Um, and I think they need to be. Oh God, I hate this word, but I'm going to use it anyway. I think they need to be humble. I think as soon as you've got someone who's aware that they're a role model and is, I using thought that, that as a fat as a like, yeah, but if you look up to me though, then you're like, well, no, I don't want it anymore. I thought humble, mm. and actually, I think you're right. The word integrity is better than conviction mm. because it's kind of what I was trying to say. Like, mm. I. You have to believe, but you have to be willing to change. Yeah. Um, I don't want you to be wishy-washy with your <laughs> beliefs. Yeah. So integrity, humbleness, and you said kind, I said honour, you said... Yeah. And being brave to go out into that world. It's compassion, I think. Yeah. It, even, it doesn't mean you have to be a humanitarian in that very active, I'm going to go and take landmines I think I think myself kind of way but yeah like just just compassion for all that we're saying as well all these qualities are very linked but also they um apply to people that aren't just these massive celebrities or people that are activists or people that are doing these massive things in the world they apply to everyday people they apply to the mum mm. like you were saying Kim they apply to um you know people in the workplace they apply to our friends they apply to the everyday person and i think that's really important it's interesting that none of us said talented like not that that has a thing that i think should be part of it but when you think of role models people who are um often listed as role models like uh Oprah Winfrey or um first female surgeon uh, Elizabeth Garrett thing Elizabeth, something like that. Some of Mrs. Garrett thing, um, but <laughs> people people who have strength in a particular field, that's not what any of us went with. It was no. the, the humanity behind. Well, it. that can be learned. Yeah, I think. I think 
there's a difference between learnt and earned. Like you, you can learn to be good at something, but you can be taught to be good at something. But you can't be taught in the same way to be compassionate. Mm. You can't teach integrity in the same way. It's something that you just have to earn. Um, you can earn. You can earn it. But you you can't learn it in the same way that you can learn how to play the piano. Can't do book learnings. Um, so do yeah. you think, given everything we've discussed tonight, do you think there is still a place for role models in today's society? Um, I think that, like we spoke about at the beginning, I think the term is outdated. Mm-hmm. I think in a modern world, fortunately... We encourage every single person to be totally themselves mm. and embrace themselves. And so therefore you shouldn't model yourself and your behaviour and your appearance on any other person. But I think there is still a place for aspirational people and still a place for us as human beings wanting or, or aspiring to... Um, be interested in a journey of another person and go, wow, I'm so impressed with you. Like, I'm going to take one of those qualities and inject that in my everyday life. I think there's a place for that. And I think that's what the term role model maybe means to a few people. But I think, yeah, the the term is outdated, but everything we've spoken about tonight should still exist. I agree. I think we talked about a little bit off mic um, some other examples that I, I think haven't made it to recording. Um, so we talked about some famous figures that we find inspiring or we find or that we know other people find inspiring. So Sam, you mentioned Hilary Mantel because of yep. you're an author, she's an author mm-hmm. um, and you write historical fiction, she writes historical fiction and there's a lot, um, a lot of game changing literature there. I mentioned um, that Anna Kendrick's memoir, Scrappy Little Nobody, is um, was very inspirational just because of that kind of gumption work ethic that um, that people have that is seen as not attractive in the similar way to the fact that being like mousy or reserved or whatever can be seen as unattractive. And we talked obviously, which I can't believe it didn't make it to the mic, but we talked a lot about um, Michelle Obama. And um, I think that there's definitely still a place for role models because the fact is that these people are inspiring people to be better. I agree, though, that I think the term is outdated. And I think the only person out of all of those that I would truly say constitutes a role model is Michelle Obama in the same way that you've just said now about um, these people don't necessarily have talent, but they have a presence or something yeah that's i to me that's michelle obama like she is she's obviously incredibly intelligent incredibly she doesn't have a craft as such. exactly she's not she's not an actress she's not a singer she is just an incredible woman and i think that for many people she probably constitutes a feminist role model um again which is what we talked about with mike uh but i think that there's still a place for that and if that's doing good um then great but I, I agree, I think the term role model is wrong, which is why I keep using the phrase inspiration. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, but before we say goodbye, we're going to rate our wine. Uh, we don't have a book this week and we don't have a show. It's more of a generalised topic, so it will just be the wine, I think. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the Côte de Provence uh, Berne that we had to begin with in the fancy fucking bottle. Super um, fucking fancy. Super fucking fancy. It's so fancy. Um, Alex, what did you think of this wine? Um, I really enjoyed it actually. Like we said, it was very subtle, um, which is unusual. Like usually a wine, you go oh, on the first taste, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, it actually got stronger throughout the drinking. Then I realised it's because I needed to add more ice, and then it was delightful again. Um, reminded me of summer evenings. Um, I would probably spend £12 again, which is something for me. Yeah, that's a lot for you. Yeah. That's like... And and a lot for me with rosé as well, because I'm usually not a rosé fan. I think it's because it was so subtle. It's not like, ugh, sweet. Um, Roses are normally quite sweet. I'm going to give it 
A 3.5. I know. Nice. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Nice. Good. We'll have that again then. Mm. I'm still formulating opinion. So, um, Sam. Me. Um, uh, Yes, it was not a rosé. Like, it it was not the kind of rosé I normally have, which is not to say that it was a bad thing. Like, I normally order very sweet rosés. And if I have a dry rosé, I'm like, what is this? Uh, This was like... I'm enjoying the sound <laughs> in all of our <laughs> so like critiques. Sounds. But no, this was unlike most rosés I've had. It was, yeah, it, I, I would really enjoy that with food. I don't think it's a bottle that I would be like, like tonight where we're, we're just drinking wine. It's not something like, you know what I mean? I feel like it's it needs an occasion. Paired. It needs yeah. to be paired it's with not something. A session. It's not a session. It's not a fucking smash it. Let's go out, lads. I don't know why we're lads. <laughs> but we... <laughs> Continue. It's not, is it? It's not a pre-drink no. wine. It's not a let's stay in and watch girly films and drink. No, it's an elegant drinking. It's, it's a wine for an occasion, um, and I would have it again. And I'm going to give it. Um, I think I'm going to give it a three, three mm. grapes. So I think I really enjoyed it, and I do. I do. I like a dry rosé. It had. It resonated with me some very fond memories. It definitely made me think of summer. I definitely think you're right. It's not a session wine. It's not a watching Bridget Jane's wine. It's, but it was for me. It was a we're in a nice beer garden and for some reason we finish work at half three and we're going to have a very nice bottle of wine and get pleasantly drunk. Oh, but that's usually the half five. But it feels like half three because it's so sunny. Because it's so sunny. Oh, I love that time. No, bring it on. It's Um, a very evocative wine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, I think like I have lost my train of thought again. No, I remember. I giggled a lot because of this wine. You did giggle a lot. And I don't feel like I've giggled a lot lately. Uh, oh. oh. I know. Super sad. Um, it just, it got me that kind of, it got me the good level of rosé drunk. Um, so I'm also going to give it a 3.5 because oh. I think that it was tasty and drunk inducing. Good. Good. And um, what about the ballon? No, <laughs> <all> ballon. <laughs> um i had high hopes for this wine i'm gonna start because yeah i have feelings Uh i had hopes high hopes for this wine i really like the bottle i think that it was it suffered from being the second bottle of rosé that we had tonight um it was a bit sweet my teeth feel a little bit fuzzy Mm -hmm. it was very nice and i certainly wouldn't kick it out of bed but it wasn't it didn't hold up to the, the first one it's somewhere between 2.5 and 3 for me. I think I'm going to give it a 2.5 just because I think that it got not as nice as I went on. I mean, I I have handed my Drake. heart full glass to Alex because she finished it before me. Mm. So it's not... I don't want to disparage it because I think that it's a perfectly drinkable wine. I just didn't love it. Alex, how about you? I think Kim hit the nail on the head in terms of the fact that it came after a very tasty, nice wine. Mm. And so I think the score is going to suffer because it came after that wine. And so I might have to give it a two. <gasps> Ooh, because, nice. no, it's fine. It's fine. It's absolutely yeah. fine. It is like a house, a house wine. It's like a house wine. That you would perfectly drink, but I would never buy it from a shop. No. I might buy it from a shop. I'm not going to buy this from the shop. But I was only if one I would, of my night in, if like watching shit films, I, I would buy it. Buy it from a no, shop. I could if I buy was a Blossom Hill for the same price. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. If I was going to an event, like a barbecue or something, where I knew that I was going to share it, and I, you know, <laughs> you and I didn't necessarily know the people that I so was sharing it, it with. To someone else. No, 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 not gift it. Bring it along, and then if someone goes, "Oh, can I have a bit of your rosemary?" Like, yeah, sure, go for it. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care that it was communal wine. Whereas, like, if it was wine. this, if it was this fancy fucker, would you go? No, no get your wine. own wine. Right? Yeah. No, this this, this is salmon wine. There's a, and you there's can a reason there's a, there's a straw in it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. For example, Alex, if we took it to one of your summer barbecues and with all your friends that we don't know, I would perfectly be happy to share that one, but not this one. Yeah, fair <laughs> because they totally get it because yeah. they'd be like, "Well, fair play. It looks fucking fancy." <laughs> So, so we've gone with a two. Did you go 2.5 or three, Kim? I went 2.5 to the end. 
Um, I, yeah, I think we've drank these in the right order. I think if we'd mm. had the... Um, La Ballon. The Cas de Provence. Uh, second, the subtlety of the flavour would have been overwhelmed by the sweetness of the first one. So I'm glad we drank them the way around we did. Um, but yes, after drinking that first one, the flavours in the second one were a little bit abrasive. So I'm going to give it a 2.5. Fair. It was still fine. Was, yeah. You know, I drink it. I drank it. I would drink it again. I just would probably seek out fancy bottle first. Fancy yes. Fresh. Mm. Fresh I'd pay £6 more for that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Good to know. So if you have enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to let us know on Twitter, Instagram and on our website. You can find us on Twitter at Grape Culture Pod. You can find us on Instagram where we are at Grape Culture Podcast. And our website is www.grapeculturepodcast.co.uk. And if you are listening to us on iTunes and you enjoyed the episode, please give us a rating uh, as high as you feel we deserve. <laughs> and maybe write a short review of what you liked uh, and what you didn't like so we know that how to improve for next time. Next time, we are going to be discussing the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which we are all looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, boy. So please come back in two weeks to find out what we think of Titus, Kimmy, Lillian, Jacqueline, and all the rest of them. Um, It's going to be a really fun episode. So do come back and listen then. And uh, thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.